Hey, folks. Welcome to the Water Cooler. We're back with another episode this week. We got Ryan D as one of our guests today. Uh, glad he glad he can make it. Glad we could get some uh, good knowledge from the guy. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I think Garrett, is today your your day to do the performance of the day? Yes, sir. It is, and I've got a good one coming up. We got May second, 2022. 76ers versus the Miami Heat. James Harden dropped 16 points on 5 of 13 shooting with only 5 assists and 2 from 7 from the 3-point line. If that's not phenomenally awful, then I don't know what is from a superstar player in this league. Is this a little Stephen A. Smith action that I'm, I'm hearing from you right now? It definitely is. We're going reverse psychology yeah, performance of the day. <laughs> We're going insult performance for the first time in almost a year's worth of podcasts. Glad I could be the one to start this trend. Little, little Thursday afternoon practice or Wednesday afternoon practice trying to gust a little golf clap for that reverse psychology right there for all our listeners, everybody listen to us. And get everybody give a golf clap, don't care, right? That little reverse psychology, dude, that's huge. But before we get to talking about James Harden choking, we've got to talk about his big brother, Kevin Durant, choking even harder, getting big swept brother. in the first round. Big brother. Big. What is that? Hey, he brought James Harden to Brooklyn. That's his team. James Harden couldn't take being in KD. Shadow had to leave, go somewhere else, only to prove both of them can't get it done. That is very true. That is very true. And a crazy thing is, though, as as you said, Big Brother with KD and James Harden and all that, like, why on earth did Brooklyn let go of James Harden to begin with? And I get it. You know, you have Kyrie. He's more of a versatile one-on-one with the guard he's got on him. If he gets to the basket, he'll score. If not, he's going to give it up or he'll pull up whatever he needs to do. But you, you pull away James Harden from that factor. With a player like Kyrie and then like a player like KD, you know, just can score from anywhere, can pass from anywhere. Obviously, it's KD. But you pull James Harden away from that situation, and you put him with a team that only has one guy, realistically speaking, and that's, you know, Embiid. I just, I don't see what the Nets are thinking right there. I think at the end of the day, they deserve to be sweet, swept. Sweet. Look at me. No, I think they deserve to be swept simply because of that choice right there. I really do. I mean, I think it all comes down to chemistry issues. Uh, Kyrie only playing in home games. That caused a lot of tension from what I heard between him and James Harden. James Harden took it as Kyrie didn't want to sacrifice what he had to do to win. And, I mean, you can look into that however you want to, but... I don't know what they could have done to salvage the chemistry issues. Maybe, I don't know, I'm sure they tried, but sitting Harden and Kyrie and Katie down in a room and just saying, look, y'all are our core. We built this whole team around you three. Fix this and take us to the championship and the playoffs. Like, that's the only way I think they could have overcame that. And they either tried it and failed or... They didn't try it because they thought the relationship was too strained. And that's a shame if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan because imagine having Kyrie, KD, and James Harden on your team for two seasons, or one and a half season really, but having nothing to show for it. That's what I'm saying. And, like, uh, I'm over here, and I am with Ryan Diaz. We have this 
podcast episode recorded, and he's over here bumping me. He's like, let me say something, let me say something. And he's got some facts, you know, like, you put him on a, you put James Harden, you pull him away from a team like Brooklyn when you have two other people who can help him, but you put him with, like, Philly, and Ryan, do you take it away, dude? I mean, you know, James Harden, he's always been a scorer. He's always been a, a playmaker. And, you know, he's supposed to be scoring 28 points a game, but if, if you've been watching, he's only averaging 18 points, 17 points. It's just ain't adding up. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, he's got to be mid-30s, or not mid-30s, but maybe like, he's not in his prime anymore, who I was trying to get at. And, and, and with that sack right there, you know, and obviously we... You know, we do a little, little throw some money here and there. You know, we may, mm-hmm. we may make some picks on some people, but James James Harden this series, though, he is supposed to be averaging twenty eight and a half points. If James Harden, like throughout the whole season and everything adds up, he's supposed to be averaging twenty eight and a half points. Well, but he but he dropped probably eighteen first game, twenty this year. That's it. Just like Ryan said, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. Like, in your Brooklyn, looking back at that, you're like, damn. Those twenty points, that those eighteen points, that would have been a complete differential in our game that we had. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, my and, problem with James Harden in the last two games he's played, it's not the fact that he's had low scoring totals; it's his field goal percentage. It's yeah, atrocious. But, I mean, dude, you're shooting three for twelve, three for fourteen. Like he shot six of fifteen tonight, one from five from the three point line. And he's supposed to be one of the biggest sharpshooters in the league. Now, yeah. this is something we've seen a lot from James Harden historically. is that he can't get the same open looks that he gets in the regular season because, you know, playoff basketball. The defense tightens up a lot. Teams have more of a chance to adapt to your game plan. Yeah. And he's just consistently shown he can't it's, adjust. And it's very – it's like it's really – Obviously, I'm not NBA or anything, but as basketball goes on, like I've coached, I've played this and that. It's very easy to for that. Like you pick out one player, you know. It's for example, if you're playing the Philadelphia 76ers, you know you're obviously Joel Embiid is going to be the person you pick out. If you don't pick him, he's not playing. Who's next? James Harden. You've got to pick those players out and give like such a defensive strategy towards that one person, it makes those, you know, Tyree Smacksy, or it brings out the uh, Seth Curry's, for example, or just those kind of guys, you know what I'm saying? It yeah. brings out your bench, and as a defensive strategy, you, you, you locked out one guy down, or you locked those couple guys down, and the next thing you know, you're in the ball game. And yeah, it's the old, if the bench players beat us, so be it, but James Harden's not going to beat us. Yeah. No, James Harden himself is not going to beat beat two of my guys. Like I don't care. I, he's not doing it. I don't Wait, care. On the note of Joel Embiid, he has been out in the first two games of this series. So I mean that obviously changes the complexion because it is James Harden and everybody else versus you know the number one seed Miami Heat, who just got done putting a thumping on our Atlanta Hawks, unfortunately. But that's okay though because at the end of the day, I think the co- the Hawks the Cox, <laughs> one move, you know, two little moves, and it's a complete game changer for the, you know, not only for the team themselves but for that for our city. You know, we need a couple players who 
you know, you roll with Trey Young, some mm-hmm. big guy, maybe even a, a shooter. You get get rid of fucking Kevin Herter, get rid of damn Bogdan. I love them to death, bro. They've been great for us. But bring some players in there that Trey Young can roll with. You know, bring some players Trey can roll with, and you do that right there. It would be a game changer for the city of Atlanta in basketball theory. That's just my opinion. My biggest problem with the Hawks, and this goes back even when they were good, is culturally, they have always been a soft team, in my opinion. There's, they're always a bunch of jump shooters who can't bang down low, and they just live by the three, die by the three. And most of the time, we end up dying by it. But, yeah. I mean, and it's just simple we, as that. Like, like in the last game of the series against the Heat, for example, we needed a three-pointer to tie the game. Bro, the defense put a clamps on us so hard, it wasn't even funny. Like, the Heat put such a clamp on the, the Hawks. Like, the, the Hawks couldn't even get the ball in. They had maybe a half a second to play with when the ball was in, and next thing you know, you don't get a shot off. Like, yeah. that is the difference between the Hawks being the old Hawks, where, like you said, just straight jump shots, three-pointers, not the paint, have no big men, or you get you a big man, get you a pass down low, pump fake for the half second you got, put it up, and one. Next thing you know, it's a tie game, and you got your big man work. Isn't it? He's got 25 and 15 that night. Like, yeah. the Hawks, like you said, just a... Um, they need um, to have the kind of culture that the Detroit Pistons have, where they're gritty, they're tough, they do have jump shooters, but they have a more well-rounded team. Yeah. But back, back to Brooklyn, but, one last question about it. How do you think getting swept in the first round affects KD's legacy. They'll always say that KD is, he always had it rough. Or I think that just because KD got swept this round doesn't mean that he's going to day. He, he falls in the ranks. But anytime they talk about anybody else up there, it, hell, he, would, he wouldn't be anywhere if he got swept in the first round, this and that. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't know, I, I don't think it hurts him at all, Garrett. I really don't. Really? Because I think, they I feel like the media and everybody loves KD so much, even though he's such a bad guy. Like, I, I don't think KD's legacy could get hurt unless he does some wild, whack stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, I, I don't think tr- it'll affect his ranking to people who actually have him ranked appropriately. But when you have, like, obviously, he's most often compared to LeBron as far as, like, contemporaries go. And if you look at, could you imagine... If LeBron in like 2015 got swept in the first round, yeah, his career's over. Yeah, like. Well, Kate, that's another thing too. Is like, bro, if you think about it, and like, since KD got in the league, it doesn't matter what he did or what happened. It it just seems like everybody just throws that shit away. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like nowadays all you gotta do is score 35, 30 points a game, and you're one of the greatest of all time. Like, oh yeah. Really, how it's been for KD though, bro. Like, I may be making a really bold take and whatever I say right here, but I'm really gonna back this up next time I hear something about it. Because at the end of the day, all KD done has been able to shoot the ball, and I know that's obviously what you need to win a game. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff that goes into basketball, like not just scoring, not just being able to put the ball in the hoop. Like, there's a lot that goes with it. He's uh, obviously he's not been a loyal teammate. He has not done what he needs to do for like. You know what I'm saying? Like, as being a true teammate, you know, he, he left OKC after getting gone by in five games from Golden State. Next year, he's with Golden State. 
Yeah, blew a 3-1 lead. Yeah, so it's just like it doesn't make sense as to how like you can be such a such a big role or such a big person to look up to or even such like uh, such a person as to have your name on the top five and all you did was put the ball in the basket. And it sounds stupid. It sounds crazy. That's the name of basketball. You know what I mean? Literally, yeah. to put the ball in the basket. All you got to do is that. Mm-hmm. But there are also some other stuff so that, that like LeBron gets hated for. Even Jordan, Kobe, Shaq. Even, there's a lot of people that get hated for a lot of certain things and they critique their game or they critique their career because of these certain things. But you line KD up with most of them, bro, and he's already done it. I think KD will be the hardest player to rank all time just because of, like you said, him jumping from team to team. It's just, like, how much value do you put in his accomplishments with the Warriors as compared to, like, our own Oscar Robertson, who fought it out with the same team until he got traded, and then he managed to lead, as a veteran, Milwaukee to a championship. Oh, him and Kareem, but still. But it's like no one talks about, oh, yeah, remember when Katie got hurt? LeBron and them come to eventually come back and win it all? Like, yeah. it just doesn't, no one talks about that. And and I feel like it's a generational thing. We, we bring this up in a lot of our podcasts, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just critiquing sports in general is such a generational thing to begin with. But it's very, it's very soul- and it's very easy to see that, like, KD is what what people call a Gen Z. Oh, yeah. Which is funny because he's a millennial. Did we just but. find a, a caption for our episode this week in the middle of our podcast? Oh, I got a funny... Okay, did... La- last Gen Z? Are we making that take? KD is a Gen Z? I, I'd be willing to make that take. Last week's KD podcast, we Let's named go. it... Uh, was it your wife is in me DMs, baby? When I typed that in, I originally put me wife is in your DMs, which would have completely changed the context of that entire quote. And in the, like in the worst possible way. <laughs> Imagine being like, me wife is in your DMs, baby. <laughs> that would that'd be such a weird brag. But back to Katie, I think his legacy will be that he's one of the best scorers of all time, but he's a mercenary. And uh, outside of scoring, not a whole lot of substance. No disrespect, like, dude, he can put the fucking ball in the basket. I mean, like, the point of the game is put the ball in the basket. You know what I'm saying? That's what he's supposed to do. And that's what he gets literally paid to do. But if you're going to rank people and you're going to give them credentials for doing this, credentials for doing that, like, you've got to judge KD on, like, a lot of different bases. And like you said, it's really going to be hard to put him in a certain ranking simply because, like, you know, if you want to put one guy in the top five or ten because he was loyal and because he stuck it out and he won X amount of rings, like, you kind of got to put him up there. But KD, for example, like you said, it just it – really, it's really hard to, like, rate him on, like, a scale of greatness simply because of, like – the disloyalty and all the bullshit that he did. Yep. I'll, I'll wrap my part of this up by saying I think he should have stayed with the Warriors. He tried yeah. to take a gamble on himself and prove he could do it without Steph, and what he ended up proving was that he can't. Which. I know you just said we'd wrap it up, but after that, 
it just goes to show he's never he's never going to be an elite player like by himself an elite player. Oh, he, he's definitely not the type where like, and I know I hate on LeBron a lot on here, but LeBron in his prime was good enough to at least get you to the second round. I mean, most years it got you to the finals. But yeah, KD is clearly not that caliber of player. Ryan, you got any thoughts on this? Well, as you know, growing up he was always playing at OKC, you know, everywhere. Everywhere you would see KD, he'd always be in the Oklahoma jersey. And then growing up some more, he kept moving around. He went to the Sun, not the Suns, the Warriors. Then he went to the Nets. He just hasn't gone, gone anywhere that he's wanted to stay. Yeah, he's like, he's like Gen Z. He's got commitment issues. All right, so speaking of who got the better end of the breakup in the Golden State relationship, Steph Curry has got his team in the second round, and they're currently split the series with Memphis 1-1. One to one. Oh, dude, that's... I, I had a hot, ta- uh, a hot take when I said Golden State was probably going to make the finals and win it all. That was a very bold statement that I had made, and I did have some people critique me on that. But... If, and, 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 I, and I say if, if Gold State comes out of this series alive, they have a great chance of winning it all. But with this series, it's going to be all John Morant. So, I mean, if Jaw doesn't drop 47 like he did last night, then, I mean, they won by five points, bro. And Jaw dropped 47. Like, I don't see them doing anything unless Jaw drops, like, 35 40 a game. Yeah, if we were actually doing a genuine performance of the day this week, it'd have to go to Jaw. Yeah. 47 on 15 of 31 shooting. Not the best field goal percentage, but 8 rebounds and 8 assists, too. Yeah. Amazing. But at the same time, like, for as much as Jaw, and I know we're talking about Golden State and uh, whoever, or Memphis right now, but it's like we're, we are watching and are able to speak about greatness. Like, back in 03 when LeBron got in the league, or back in 98 when Kobe got drafted, or 2000 whenever Kobe was or whenever all that shit was going on. 96 was when Kobe got drafted. Yeah, my fault, my fault. Because as soon as I said 98, I knew that shit was off. Right out of high school. But it's like those those guys who were trying to do what we're doing now and the exact same thing we're doing, they were speaking on these guys, and they were like, dang, they're doing this and they're doing that. You know, they're, they're, they're evolving very young and being great. But, like, to be able to watch Jason Tatum and John Morant, even Steph Curry, I know he's getting a little older and all this stuff, but, like, being able to watch John Morant or, I mean, even Dylan Brooks, for example. You know, the guy went to Oregon, didn't expect to be a huge NBA player. You know, his name wasn't really going to be thrown around to be a huge NBA player. But, you know, he comes out and now he's – now he's got a big time role. You know, he's the third man on Memphis right now besides John uh, O'Baines. What's what's Baines' his first name? I have no yeah. idea. Dominic Baines, maybe? I don't know. Desmond Baines, baby. Thank you. Desmond Baines, yeah. John Morant, Desmond Baines, Dylan Brooks, you know, you got Jared, Jared Allen, Jared Jackson, whatever. I mean, Memphis <laughs> is a solid-ass team. They're a I mean, very solid team, bro. They really are, but Golden State has that that vetness to them that like y'all, y'all, ain't, y'all aren't gonna come up here and be just like this you're not but. this youth versus experience yeah and okay. exactly and that's that's what's so great to be talking about and like I love being able to talk about this because bro, we are witnessing 
straight up history in front of our faces and to be able to sit down every day not every day at least once a day and be able to talk about it and throw it out there on our takes this and that like being able to watch John Morant do his thing drop 47 against Steph Curry the guy that was doing it doing this against LeBron three or four years ago like that's the kind of stuff that people don't understand is like as a big sports fan that's huge you know what I'm saying this is huge you know this reminds me of when the Thunder played the Spurs in 2012 in the playoffs. Is that the most underrated team of all time? What, the 2012 Thunder? Yeah. Oh, I would say it's easily the greatest 2K team of all time. Oh, dude, dude yeah. Dude, 2K12, you let me draft the Thunder, you were toast. Yeah, for real. Me and Ryan, uh, me and Ryan got a little shysty tonight, you know what I'm saying? And uh, we, we, we downloaded prize picks a few weeks ago and we've been looking at it now the NBA playoffs are around playing surprise picks you know and dude that'll teach you a lot about the game of basketball real quick and it will definitely teach you about individual play because if you throw some money on somebody and expect that person to hit on something or miss on something and they do vice versa what you pick you're like dang okay so I'm gonna start watching you more you know what I'm saying yeah but that's the big thing like those, those John, like just what I just said, when it comes to like prize picks and you're betting this and that, like, dude, those John Morant and those Jason Tatum's and those even Jalen Brown, for example, you know, a guy we even got to be able to be blessed enough to like actually watch play basketball when we were in high school. Growing up, like, when we were in school, he, he came to Cherokee and that was, that was wild, you know? And to be able to like watch those guys play ball and be in the NBA and at such a young age, See them take over like that. I think it's I think it's nice for the NBA. I really do. It definitely is. Now, one name that's not been a part of this takeover so far is Zion Williamson, and I would say Ja is so far making the case to be the best player coming out of that draft. You think Ja is? I mean, who else would it be? Zion's hurt. No, yeah, no, I'm with you. That's I just wanted to make yeah. sure. I- yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with, yeah. So far, Ja yeah. has outperformed Zion in the league. Every dude, and it's weird because every person that Memphis drafted that year, bro, is doing crazy. It's it's wild, and and I know that's kind of off topic, but yeah, Ja is way better than Zion, and I don't care who says it. I don't care what you got, what the facts can prove. Nothing. I don't care. Just because Zion's six something and can body the paint no John Morant any day of the week and that's twice on Sunday so are you still going with Golden State in the series I am I am and that's just cause John Morant isn't gonna score 50 points a game bro. Yeah. he's just not doing it no I'm with you and to go back to Philly I think Miami's gonna finish that one out I don't probably yeah. five games yeah Miami Miami looks like they did in the bubble now, Boston and Milwaukee, what are you thinking about that one? Dude, this is a huge one right here, man. This is a huge one. Because both, I feel like it's going to be vice versa, like it was past two games, you know, 106-89 or 111-86, all that shit. Like, I feel like it'll be that the whole time until, like, you got two games left. Games like, I'm really thinking the Celtics come away with a scare. Really? I am. That is my take. I think the Celtics walk away. They win the East 
and they go in the finals this year and get beat, but I really do. I, I take back everything I said last episode when we talked about it. I do. I still got Golden State on the West, but, but I think Boston's coming in that thing. Now, they are – when Marcus Smart comes back, just being able to, like, watch that game last night and watching what they did fundamentally, when their shots are hitting, everyone's hitting. When Jason Tatum's on, when Jalen Brown is on – they are all on. It's even Al Harford. Like, bro, Al Harford was nasty last night. And he's he's a vet, always going to be nasty in the playoffs. But, Tony, it was a really good thing to watch. Now, I'll say I think this series is the real Eastern Conference Finals. In my opinion, I think this would be the best East series that there ends up being. But I'm still taking Milwaukee. I'll show you. I was really hoping that uh, – and I know the standings don't work like that, but I was really hoping the Celtics and Heat would play. That would have been a fucking series to watch to go into the finals, dude. Yeah. But I'm not saying Milwaukee and Boston is a fun, but I just feel like the Heat and the Celtics would have just been, it would have been gritty. Well, there's some history with that one, too. Exactly. A little rivalry. Yeah. action. Everybody loves to see that. And the final <laughs> series we haven't touched on, uh, Phoenix and Dallas. Phoenix is yep. up one to nothing right now. I think they're gonna close it out. Six games max. What do you think? I don't know, man. I think Dallas is gonna give them a win for the number right here. Randy, give us the stats right here. What's 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 Memphis and uh, or not Memphis, but what's Dallas and Phoenix right now? Uh, Dallas Phoenix is Dallas up 48-43 on the Suns. Second quarter, so you know you got a lot of game left, but. I've just been watching it, just looking at the players. Luka coming in high. He's got 14 points right now. But, you know, anything could happen. A lot of game left. Yeah, I don't know. if I'm not going to go out and predict who's going to win tonight's game, but I'm still I'm taking Phoenix for the series. Yeah, I feel you. I don't know, though. I'm, I'm feeling you. I'm right there with you. You know, I'm, I'm taking what you got going on. I'm digging it. I really, I really would like. I, I would like to see at the end of the day, and uh, we talked about this when the playoffs were last year. I talked about this. I'd love to see Chris Paul get a ring, but I would also love to see fucking Dallas or Dallas get get going. You know, and shout out my boy Tyler Wilkinson. You know, he's a he's a Texas native. Plays plays lacrosse at Reinhardt. You know, they just had their uh, last pretty much last home games this past month in April. So they're being heading to the playoffs again fifth year in a row, fourth year in a row, some stuff like that. So shout out them, shout out Texas, but I really just want to see I want to see Dallas win it, but I just don't think they will. Yeah, no. I'm with you. So far, both our predictions are still alive. You've got Golden State oh. Bucks, I've got yeah. Suns Bucks, so No, I changed it. I changed it. I changed it. Oh, oh yeah, Bucks. Celtics, Golden State. Yeah. That's my that's my final one. If I if I say something about it next week, I hope a view or I hope a listener just calls me out on it, and they're just like, you know what, you gotta quit doing that. I hope they do. <laughs> Stay if off you, the wheel. If, if you call me out for switching up, if you if you listen to this song and you listen to this episode and you call me out for switching up, I will personally send you fifteen dollars. <laughs> so if someone calls me out for this. And, and when it drops, if someone calls me out, I'm telling you right now, you you hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, and I will personally give you the $15 that I owe you. You're going to get Venmo requested by Tate Smith in about a week. 
Oh, dude. Nah, Tate will call me tomorrow morning when it drops. Are you dropping yet? Nah, not yet. Is it drop? Lunch time? Hell yeah, it drops. Dude, you owe me $15. You know that, right? All right. <laughs> That's awesome. So I guess that about hits the NBA. What do you think about this NFL? What? I was about to say, speaking of history, you had brought this up uh, right before you brought up Phoenix and Dallas. You brought up the word history. Mm Mm-hmm. History was made this April, Garrett. How so? How about them dogs, baby? What's the dogs do in April? 15 draft picks. In the NFL draft this year alone, most of all time, beat the record, boy, we won it. Hey, I'm glad. Send all them away up to the NFL. See what but you I got. Will say one thing. I will say one thing, man. The Falcons picking Drake London at the eighth overall pick as a wide receiver, when you know for a fact that you got N'Kobe Dean and you got a couple more from you got a couple more from the SEC, even the Big Ten, for example. You got some rushers. You got some people that can put on the edge. You can put them outside. They can just run with it or get the quarterback. I mean, just just pressure the quarterback. And the Falcons pick a dang wide receiver. Oh, it's just what what are we doing? You know, as an Atlanta sports fan who loves football, loves college football, loves pro football, football in general. It hurts to see what the Falcons do with themselves year in and year damn out, Garrett. Hey, it's called being a Falcons fan. You just got to learn how to live with it. It's just it's wild. Hey, but I will say one thing. Hey, as we are speaking on the NFL draft, you know, we did. We are Cherokee alumni, all three of us, you know. So shout out Mr. Montreal Washington. You know, as we talk about the NFL draft, I got, I got to talk about them Georgia Bulldogs and how stupid them old Falcons are. But, you know, as, as all three of us are Cherokee alumni and uh, old Ron D played football here for Girl Cherokee, I played old ball, baseball, and yeah, it was just a genius. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I, I, did, mean, I did do track with Montrell for a year, and he won, he won every award imaginable. Take the name away, there, there is an old, there's an old boy at school with, man, and, and it's Mr. Montrell Washington. You know, drafted round five, pick 162, man, and I mean, just to be able to not only go to school with him, but to hang out with him outside of school, see the man he is, the, the man he grew into, and the person who always spoke stuff into existence. You know, he, he from three years ago, I can see him sitting on my buddy's back porch now, old D. Philly. Shout out Don Pulaski. But sitting on that back porch in Montreal just being, man, I'm going to go to the league. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna work my tail off. I'm going to the league. Just just to watch that and see that happen to me. And just go into existence is that's a great thing, you know. That, that's God's work right there. That's a great thing. And I just want to shout out on Montreal. I hope we get him on here one of these episodes. That once we blow up, I hope we get on Montreal on here. That'd be cooler and shit, wouldn't it, old Garrett? Yes, sir. Maybe he'll be catching some passes from Russell Wilson sometime soon. Oh, he's going to. Ain't no maybe, Bubba. He's going to. He's going to. Isn't that crazy to think somebody we <laughs> went to school with would be hanging yeah. out with Russell Wilson? Right, you know, you, you hang out with him a couple years ago. Next thing you know, he's freaking up there in Denver catching footballs from old Russell Wilson. And and not even only Montreal, we, we love Montreal, but shout out Britton Brown. You know, he, he uh, went to Cherokee. He was a couple years before old, old Garrett went to school, this and that. Hey, I was there. He was, he's graduated my freshman year. 
He did? Okay, my fault, dude. My fault. Me and old Ryan D got to see it. A couple glory years, old Britton, Brandon Montreux worked together, man. Old Britton went to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, six round, two, 250. And uh, it's, it's really cool to see, you know, you, you, you go to school with all these guys. And that goes for Jalen Brown, too. You know, we went to school. Like, when he was uh, a senior in high school, I was a sophomore and got to see him play ball, all this. And it's just cool to be able to, you know, you have relationships with people, even if you don't know them, this and that, but you still hold, you still hold the, uh, yeah. The memories hold, in high you know, steam. Yeah, yeah it, it, I don't mean, I kind of slipped my tongue in, but you just, you hold those little, yeah, we, we may have went to center school, this and that, hell, I ain't saying I know Britton Brown, I ain't saying I know Jalen Brown either, but old Montreal, man, I, I did all know old Montreal, he's a good, he really was, and, and it's, it's really cool to be able at the end of the day, you know, say that, we knew them guys. You know, they were great people. They they worked their butts off for what they had, and they deserve every single second of what they get up there in the NFL and all that stuff. So it's, it's really cool to be able to see all that. And we just want to give a quick shout-out to those guys being from our hometown. Couldn't be more sad for them. I will say, talking about Britain, though, you saying he was drafted by the Las Vegas Raiders. Here in Las Vegas, instead of Oakland, still just doesn't feel right to me. It's oh, yeah. so weird coming off the cone. They'll never be playing on fucking baseball again. It's just, it's not the same. No, but uh, what do you think about the first pick? Craven Walker. Dude, I love it. Jaguars got the first pick again, too, didn't they? Yeah, they did, but I think he deserved that, but I really do, because at the end of the day, if you watched Aiden Hutchinson, and no disrespect to Aiden Hutchinson, but he's a baller, you know, Trayvon Walker's from Florida, that's just, Justin, he's, a, he's, he, he's pretty much, he goes and plays for his hometown, you know, goes to UGA, balls the fuck out, wins a natty, next year gets drafted to his hometown, like, that's what you do, Aiden Hutchinson, granted, he got put out by Georgia, in the playoff, and that's fine. He has a hell of a season. Where does he go? Detroit. He went to school in Michigan. So it, it really just works out for the better because not only are they fighting for a spot to play in the NFL, but they're fighting for a spot to put on in front of their hometown. Yeah, that hometown crowd always gives you motivation. You know, I couldn't imagine what it feel like going out in SunTrust or whatever it's called now. Playing in front of the Braves, that'd be crazy. No, but I mean, yeah, there'd be a brown spot in my pants every game just because of how scared I would be to have to do that. Yeah. Now, speaking of the Braves, what are you thinking about how they're doing so far? It, it could obviously be better. It could be better, but it's early. We didn't get hot to August last year. Like, like last year, you know, we didn't get hot to August, but... Like last year, we didn't get hot. Yeah. I think it's okay. You know, I think Matt Olson needs to find his bat. You know, being like seven for your last, what, 48, 47? Correct me if I'm wrong. But he's like seven for 50, 47, 7, 48. <laughs> it's not what you want to see after you, you drop Freddie Freeman and then pick someone up for, what, eight years and 168 million like just it's not something you want to see but at the end of the day it's it's the beginning of the season bro this shit's 162 yeah no currently Braves are third in the east 12 and 15 probably got a little bit of a 
championship hangover going, but Acuna's back, so that would be big for the program. Yeah, he came back, but he hasn't been doing much, you know. Had a single today, had a good catch the other day, but, you know, it's going to take him a minute to get caught back up in that MLB pitching, you know, it's with everybody. I mean, yeah, you got some rust, you got to shake off, but eventually he should be back into shape, and hopefully that'll be when the Braves start turning it around. Ryan D wants to talk about the Braves. I will give him this little moment. I mean, you know, watching watching the Braves and who they've let go, you know, they let go Freddie. That was somebody that was big in the in the World Series last year. And, you know, just watching him grow up, that was that's you know, that's my first baseman. That'll always be my first baseman. But seeing him performing the Dodgers, you know, he's been doing pretty good, but I will say the Braves had a great game today, you know, scoring seven runs in the sixth inning, coming out to beat the Mets, taking the series two to do, coming back home, you know, with a win on the road. And, you know, there's there's nothing more to say, but as lightly I said, you know, they didn't get hot till, you know, around August. But I say I say they're going pretty far this season. Oh, certainly I have them making the playoffs, but We'll see. We'll definitely be there to cover it when they do. Me and Randy just like just said we're going back to back, baby. <laughs> hey, got to start somewhere. Why not come back from a 12-15 record and make it all the way back to back? When was the last time an MLB team did repeat? I feel like it's been a minute. It's been years. Uh, I want to say the look that up real quick. When was the last time an MLB team went back that? I'm going to say Yankees. I'm going to say Yankees 2000, 2002. 2000 Yankees. So they won 99 and 2000. Yeah, whatever. Dude, that's one crazy thing about basketball compared to all the other sports. And I, you can say if you think it's a positive or a negative. But basketball is the one sport in the modern era where it seems like the same teams win over, over and over. There's not I was as much right. Parody. I was right. I was right. I'm sorry. We just looked that up. I didn't I, want to cut you off. I just said that. Yeah. Nobody's done it since the 2000 Yankees. We looked it up. Yeah, but... I knew that answer, and I was so fucking stone cold on that, Garrett. I was like, dude, I know it's there. But, yeah, I was so hesitant. <laughs> so, so, you just got to... Go out on a limb like you did earlier with the Celtics and Bucks. Hey, when the Celtics walk away with that, don't be mad at me. But no, so what do you think about how the NBA team seem to be repeat champs a lot more than the MLB or the NFL? Well, the, the amount of games. You know, it's the amount of games, the amount of stress you put on your body. Basketball is way tougher. Obviously, it's way more physical. It's way more... Like durability wise, like you you give a lot more energy towards basketball, but you play damn near twice as many games. So if the NBA and the MLB switch for one season, obviously the MLB would be ridiculously better or like easier than NBA. But it's not; it's vice versa. So that's why I think baseball is harder because not only do you have to, I mean, 162 days out of 365 years, you're you are in a baseball game, and you're getting paid millions of dollars or $100,000 to perform a correct way, which 
NBA, you're eight, what eighty games? Eighty-two. Eighty-two 80, games. You're, you know, what I mean? and but like I said, it's 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 a lot more minutes. It's a lot more strain on the body. Well, okay, on that, what do you think about the MLB trying to shorten the schedule? Yeah, fuck, yeah, they don't, they can't, they can't, you can't do that, you can't change America's pastime. I agree. We always talk about how, you know, it's hard to compare eras. I think if the MLB shortened their schedule, it's impossible. Like, you can't, you gotta basically start over, get in your record book, everything. Like, if they do that, it's basically a new MLB. Yeah, absolutely. Which the NFL <laughs> took the opposite approach and lengthened their season. So we'll see how that affects records and things in the long term. But other than that, you got anything else for us this week? I don't, man. You know, uh, we got the Wells Fargo Championship playoff this year. You know, golf talk, little golf tournament this this yeah. weekend, Thursday through Sunday. Uh, ain't got much else to say about that. Uh, WWE-wise, since you're our golf expert, I'm the wrestling expert. They uh, took back the title unification from WrestleMania. They're going to keep the titles separate from here on out. And I guess defend them each separately. So we'll see how that changes things up. But uh, Ryan, you got anything to say? Uh, you know, thinking about it, I ain't got nothing else to add. Feel like I've said what I what I think. Alright, well sounds like that's a wrap. We'll see y'all next week. See you buddy.